Hello and welcome to the UK Asia Review Podcast 2, and by that I mean the latest episode of literally the exact same podcast. <laughs> My name is Sam Wise, you'll know me on the UCAR forums as Wissam24, and with me tonight are... Tom Jones, Tommy on the forum. Dan Ledwood, Ledhead27 on the forum. Uh, it's actually been a while, so I don't really know how to follow this on now. I've sort of, uh, I know what we want to talk about, but tonight we're talking about uh like taking people who aren't enthusiasts like mates and family and stuff to air shows and air events um and the sort of experience of that but i know there's obviously it's been a been a while now since the last episode actually so there's been a few developments i don't know if you guys want to 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 take us through some of the things that have happened obviously most of it's negative unfortunately but <laughs> there's no news like bad news um i mean i think the 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 big one that we've been talking about quite a bit in our own little group chat is how there's some really interesting participants being added to international shows. Um, obviously, they're the ones that seem to be, uh, particularly the ones later in the year, like Milan and, and Malta. Um, some interesting stuff for those, which is quite nice if you can afford to go away, which I'm sure a lot of people will be able to and very much looking forward to a bit of sunshine later on in the year, hopefully. Um, oh, love to go away. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking at Malta. Um, just you know, making no real plans. Obviously, I don't think you can but, uh, in this like no environment. Because I mean, I was, I was this time last year. I was going. Well, September will be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, actually, no, actually, I did, I did manage to go away in September, but um, yeah, <laughs> and do a podcast about it, and do a podcast about it. But that's sort of the the criteria that we sort of I'm talking about it again what we what Sam and I have said about going away to Belgium and Germany was like oh you know go to the F1 last weekend in August tripping into September you would oh, be fine by then and now we're sort of creeping yeah. into the middle of April is it going to be okay or yeah as you say it's, I, I was meant to be going to hadn't booked anything hadn't booked any flights or uh, accommodation but was hoping to do Oshkosh this year I mean, that's still going ahead. Um, is it? But yeah, yeah, Oshkosh is well, still going ahead. America, um, Sun and Fun at Lakeland, uh, Lakeland Linda is it's either this weekend or, or or next week possibly. So yeah, they're still they're still going ahead. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't commit to doing anything far flung this year. Wait till next year when things will definitely definitely. One hundred percent, absolutely guaranteed. Bolted <laughs> on. Will be no, let me just let me just U-turn on that. Fine. Yeah. Oh god, don't even say it out loud, just in case someone's listening. Oh. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, lots. Of, there's, there's lots of interesting stuff. Um, stuff at home um, today. I think Blackpool Air Show has announced that they have cancelled this year, which. Um, seems a bit strange because they only recently announced that they were going ahead <laughs> um, well they they said didn't they that there's still a lot of uncertainty about yeah um and you've said in the past about how it it's surprising that there's no sort of government insurance backing for summer events in this country because yeah it, it's it's i'm surprised because it's a good way would be a good way to get basically i mean suppose morale back up well, if and, nothing and else, money. and and money, obviously, but just mm. trying to get the country back to normal and 
having everything still cancelling during the summer just just because. But there's these a um, great way to do that. There's these, notwithstanding the issue over vaccine passports and stuff. But and I don't want to go down, you know, set that hair running. But um, they're you know they're trialing public events in the next couple of weeks um, or days. I, I I can't remember the dates, but point is they're trialing soon um, events to see what happens. And um, you know you, you look at outdoor events and they do seem to be demonstrably safe. I remember um, you know being like, oh my god, look at all those um, knobs on the beach. Um, but idiots, mm. not actual penises, and um, <laughs> it wasn't. I wasn't in France, and um, or Germany. Presumably about fifty <laughs> percent. But the the point is, there were, there's never been. There didn't seem to have been any COVID spikes. Even now, with all the protests every weekend, there doesn't really seem to be any material backlash. Um, that could just be coincidence or not. And um, it's, it's kind of similar to what I said about the hunter. It was it back in the first podcast. Maybe it's just going to take one or two events to happen. Yeah. And then for you know, and then obviously everyone's going to hold their breath for a couple of weeks, and then if there's no spike associated with that, or directly associated with that, there's going to be a lot more confidence. Um, but yeah, you, you're right about this insurance scheme. Um, seems a bit um, seems a bit logical because if the government did a backed insurance scheme, the government covers the premium, but then obviously they get mm. they get the value back in the tax and the morale and everything else uh, of these things happening. Um, well, if they believe their own, you know, um, statements and agenda. agenda and yeah, timetable and roadmap, call it what you will, you know, if they're really behind that, then and they've got every confidence that we'll be back to normal by whenever, then surely they would have backed an insurance scheme. Um, and obviously, if there was no cancellation, then um, you know the insurance wouldn't have to pay out. And if there was, yeah. the, anyway. So um, yeah, it seems a bit weird to me, but. Um, they're not paying it, whichever way you cut it. So. Yeah. But that seems to be the, no. the basis. You know, most crowds are most sorry shows aren't saying that these things are unsafe. I think I said this before. They're not saying we can't guarantee safety. They're saying we're just uncertain. There's not enough guidance. Um, and I think a lot of them are just saying, look, we're just going to kick it into the long grass. We will wait. We will wait for other events to take place and see what happens with them. And then presumably, mm. if that's okay, then we'll come back next year. Um, still waiting to hear on what's going on with the RAF Cosford air show. That'd be quite interesting if that manages to end up being. Has that match not actually had its date confirmed yet? Because um, that is meant to be the same that second weekend of. Yeah. Um, ostensibly. Yeah. A, uh, a return um, to a traditional RAF at home day, sort of in the in, mm. the, in the September slot. I don't think it's the actual Battle of Britain um, day, but you know it's 11th, that slot. Eleventh and twelfth of September. Yeah, is, is it confirmed? What they're going for? Ah, oh, right. See, because I think Abingdon mentioned in one of their posts, saying um, on the forum, saying that they, you know, they're working with um, the RAF Cosford Air Show to see if they can share whatever assets they can, which, um, which I suppose mm. makes sense, especially if strapped for cash. So, um, yeah, that'd be really interesting to see. But um, it seems very remote now. But, um, you know, with a vaccinated population, which is supposed to happen by the end of July notwithstanding you know supply issues um i don't see any reason why it, it couldn't happen yeah um but there yeah fingers crossed fingers i mean that crossed. as it stands obviously as we're recording this i think wales is now ahead of england in terms of opening up wales is like always by, by a week i think a couple of weeks um 
yeah, um, Wales kids have been back for for a while, um, but they went back on a staggered basis. So I think we're about a week ahead. But I think mm. what's now going to happen is that Wales will go slightly backwards. Not not backwards, but they'll stall a little bit longer than England, so that everything right. marries up. Um, but yes, people have gone back spotting in the last two weeks. Um, the Mac Loop is full. The car, cars are being towed out of ditches already. Wonderful. Um, actually, I don't know whether that, that's that's true, but you know, looking at some of the pictures, it can't be that far off. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's nice to see that people are managing to get back out spotting. I think that was one of the really hard parts of this uh, lockdown was that people were genuinely stuck indoors. Uh, I don't know about spotting. I just I'm just looking forward to getting my hair cut. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the little. You see my hair. Huh? Getting some beers. Little things. I um, uh, funnily enough, Tom, you you say about going spotting up here. So we're now in Scotland. We're now in a position where you can. It, there's no longer a stay at home rule. It's now stay local. So basically, what that boils down to is you stay within your own council area. I think it is so. You know, me living in Edinburgh, you stay in the area of the city of Edinburgh. So I can go to Edinburgh Airport. Um, can't go to Presswick just yet, although I have seen one or two people. It was an Israeli, the Israeli KC 707 that dropped in it uh, a couple of days ago. I, a few people that I know of that are from Edinburgh hopped across for that, which I find a bit annoying, but uh, what can I do? Um, but I actually went to Edinburgh and I, it's kind of sad. For the first time ever in all the time that I've been spotting, I went spotting and I drew a blank. <laughs> I saw nothing. Really? Uh, yeah. I so Grace went. Uh, my my partner went to B and M. I couldn't be asked to look at flash speed mops and Zaflora, so I thought I'd go to the airport. Um, and I was there for forty five minutes to an hour, and I saw nothing. Literally nothing. Oh no! But you can't call forty five minutes to an hour yeah, but, as, a, as a period of spot. No, but what I mean, you what I mean you by can't that, call that drawing a blank. Oh, come yeah, down to the loop, man. Spend twelve hours and not get exactly. a sausage. What, what I mean by two that days is, in a Welsh valley is drawing a blank, Dan. But in a, driving like, around us- the perimeter of an airport every day. In a yeah, Welsh but usually, usually you'd you'd get something in an hour in a normal day. Um, and there was a, the sun. I ended up train spotting instead, which Jesus. I know nothing about. Hardcore heroin, <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> hey I got a honk from one of the drivers made my day why is it called um, why is the film called Trainspotting I've never seen it have you never uh, seen Trainspotting never seen Trainspotting oh, well, do you do a, a train of cocaine is that a thing <laughs> it's actually um, this, this is a true story um, you know when you um, uh, go to a bar and you say this is a big thing in Scotland you say to the bartender um who want some Jaeger bombs and then they, they line it all up and then you knock one in and it knocks each one into the oh, yeah. into the glass it's called a Jaeger train that's exactly what the film is named after is that bollocks or of course it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey look it, you know Jaeger's a Tra- ga- train spotting Jaeg- the hard a drug of Jaeger bombs gateway well you know um, it, I, he's got train he's got trains on his wallpaper um, I can't remember now <laughs> He does. Oh, not also trade trains on your arm. No track marks. Yeah, pr- presumably. I, I tell you what. What? Why is? I'll I'll, I'll do a quick Google. This is premium content. This is. We should start a Patreon or something. 
front fronted mugs. Um, so, I think we've probably all taken people to air shows or, or stuff before that obviously aren't the enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, have you guys you guys have done that before? I've taken Dan to an air show before, so I know I've I obviously have. But Q. <laughs> I've um, Dan's less grace at B and M while he goes. So <laughs> there's his hot tip. <laughs> she was very happy afterwards. She'd also spent a lot of money. Um, I've taken Grace to air shows uh, and actually flown her to air shows before, uh, and my That's parents cool. actually, Bardi Dar. Um, so yeah, my parents, uh, my mum, my dad, my grandma. Um, when I speak about my parents. And yeah, in Grace. So, I've never, t- I've never taken any of my, my mates outside of you lot to an air show though. Rather interestingly, don't know why. But the, mm. um, the, my mates tend to be more interested in motorsport and cars and stuff. So that's one thing that I tend to do more with them. For those that aren't interested in flying anyway. Um, but yeah, fa- family and and Grace, my partner. But that that's sort of the point, isn't it? It's taking someone who... Well, I suppose probably most people who go to an air show have an, uh, you know, a certain interest in aviation. But yeah. But you wouldn't... Would you ever want to go to an air show with a mate who didn't have an interest in flying and aviation, as you said? No. No. No, not at all. I think I'd be I'd be very mindful of the fact that they're probably having a crap time and they usually have to pay... Fe- you know, an air show isn't cheap so and you have to travel a reasonable distance so I wouldn't want them throwing money at something that they're not going to enjoy it'd be like going to watch a sporting event like if I went to go watch golf I wouldn't be interested in that because I don't like golf but do you think golf and an air show are comparable a serious Uh, question I think an air show particularly if you're talking a modern military show has a lot more casual appeal than golf because well, I'm not sad for nothing. I think golf is pretty cool. I like golf, but the, the sight of big noisy jets and no, you're very quite true. burners and all that sort of stuff, I think, has a lot more casual appeal than than, than a day out at the golf. Okay, um, I'll change it then to well, all right motorsport then, because on broadly similar terms, you know, it's loud, it's noisy. There's something to you know look at for most of the day. Well, in that case, that that's the a perfect example because. I went to Donington with you. Yeah. And I'm not really a motorsport person. I love I love F1, but I'm not, outside of F1, I'm not particularly well-versed on cars, on motorsport. Mm. Um, and Dan and I went, and I, I suppose that that gave me quite a good insight into what it would be like going to an air show or something like that with me. Because I had a very good time. You know, I, I do have a passing interest in cars, um, not a particularly knowledgeable one. There was some F1 stuff there which I really liked, and I knew them and I recognised some of them. And it was it was noisy and cool, but most of it was not of any lasting interest to me. Okay. But seeing you and Ian and your dad, but but obviously knowing you and Ian better than your dad, um, you know it, it was like chalk and cheese. You guys were drooling over everything that went past and getting excited and you knew the track inside out and you knew the photography spots to go to and you mm. looked at the sheet and you could see a you know whatever the name of a car and you'd get excited over it and it meant nothing to me 
and that it clearly is the same as it would be taking someone to an air show which uh, which I, I have i have taken mates to air shows who had who who have had a greater and lesser greater and lesser interest in aviation um you know to some degree but that that was that was a really interesting example um what you say is almost identical to when so the first air show i took grace to was waddington um it was waddington 2014 um no sorry i tell like 2013 not that it makes a difference anyway um and i remember asking her at the end of the day because she'd never been before her, her dad's always had a passing interest in aviation then when i came along it's ended up manifesting itself even more I've been a bad influence. Um, and I said to Grace uh, and on the drive on the way home, I said, oh, what did you think to it then? She said, oh, well, you know, there was some stuff. For, so, for instance, for her, the static stuff did not interest her one mm. bit because they weren't, they weren't doing anything in, in inverted commas. To her, they were just airplanes. Um, she, w- she couldn't tell the difference between a hawk and... Um, a Piper Cub or something like that when it came to the flying display there was a lot of stuff interestingly she got that um, I find it really hard to describe you You guys could probably describe it better than me when you hear a, f- uh, a fast jet take off for the first time and you get that, that b- bassy rumble in your chest and the ground vibrates and uh, she turns to me and like you know, face full of glee and stuff. Like wow, what you know? She'd never heard a noise like that before mm. in her life. It was complete, like a completely new sensation to her. She didn't really know how to process it. Um, but then after three or four fast jets, she said there were much of a muchness, and it was like well, they all sort of do the same thing. You know, some of them have smoke, some don't. They'll do like a slow pass and you know rock the wings and stuff so for her the best bits were interestingly um the highlights i should say the display teams because Mm -hmm. you know big grand occasion lots of aircraft to look at and also the roll demos so i think the apache that year had the pyrotechnics and she loved that she thought it was great and she said how much she enjoyed the commentary as well. I know we sort of sometimes poke fun at some of the commentary, but she liked the sort of battlefield sort of reenactment that they mm. gave to that particular demo. So, yeah, like what you said, Sam, with the motorsport, on the whole, some of it was just, you know, whooshed straight overhead. But there's some key standout moments where she thought, wow, right, that was awesome. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it, it sort of depends as well on the um, uh, on the person you take and the show that you go to. Um, my brother is absolutely not interested in aviation at all. He he knows about aviation, but only through me because I won't shut up about it. Um, but um, I've taken him to a couple of air shows. But I find that when I take someone to an to an air show, I want them to have the same. Um, wow moments that I had when I first saw such and such a plane or you know such and such a thing that that you see at air shows um, and obviously you, you, you can't recreate that it either happens or it doesn't um, and I find sometimes that I worry that I'm just basically dragging someone around at something that they're probably a bit like oh, well 
you know, six or one, I, you know, I could be somewhere else right now. Um, and then that would make me enjoy the thing less because I'm worrying that I'm basically dragging someone around with me who might want to be somewhere else. Mm. Um, although it's, it's it's an outdoor event, you can go to it. Like I'll, I'll go to like a, a local steam rally and look at the old tractors and stuff. I don't have a tremendous amount of interest, but it's just a day out, so I'll never hate it. Um, but you know, that's just me being more self-conscious. But um, my my first air show I took my brother to was um, like a little air show at Welshpool. Um, where my family's from and it had like three participants one of them was like a super rare police uh, A109 which I think has been been retired now um, and the other two were like the RAF King Air and maybe a squirrel from Shawbury flew in and, and landed and he, he absolutely loved that he thought that was top and then I took him to my chair just broke uh, and then I, I, and then I <laughs> just dropped a foot on the screen then um, and then, but I, I remember taking him to React 2011 as well. And um, interestingly, he loved the static, so completely the opposite. But he liked the static after he'd seen versions of it in the air. Um, we pitched, okay. we pitched up a totter down, and I remember watching the A10 and the Rafale in that amazing um, black um, special scheme that it had yeah. um, with the putty pa um, character on the tail. I think it was the 30,000 hours or something. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> and I remember him and I pitching up our tent at Totter Down on the Friday. Yeah, I can never day. get over how you pronounce Totter Down. Totter Down. Totter Down. <laughs> Totter Down. What's? I, I, Totter I'm down. saying it back to you, and it sounds the same. So um, to- it's, <laughs> it's just you, you, you've always pronounced it Totter Down. Yeah. Totter Down. Totter Down. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're stressing the last syllable. Trot it down. Trot it down? Trot it down. Trot it down. I hardly knew her down. Anyway, point is, we were pitching up our tent in 2011 on the practice day on Friday. And I can remember, I've still got images in my brain now of both the Rafale and the A10 seeing the. They were so close overhead, you could see the pilot's um, oxygen tube from his mask and the sun between that and his chin and his chest and stuff. Like, there was that much detail we could see. And um, James actually loved that. And then he went to see the A10 in the static park and he couldn't believe that something so large in the static was doing that nimble flying. Oh, really? Yeah. And wow. um, and he absolutely loved, like, the Italian C27. Um, I don't think, yeah, doing rolling and looping and stuff. Um, he loves Solo Turk for the commentary um, he wasn't that fussed about the display teams but um, the biggest thing I remember James the, my brother biggest thing that he was struck by was the Vulcan not because yeah, everyone's like oh my god it's the Vulcan it's beautiful it sounds amazing I just said oh, well, the, he thought it was current RAF and I was like no 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 this is private and if, it, if they don't get enough funding at the end of the year then it could it could be mm. um, you know retired mm. and he was like what that, that happens to planes I was like yeah what did you think and he was like oh, I just thought that you know they had the BBMF which the government paid for and then that's it and I was like no there's a lot And he, so he went then and bought himself loads of those little wristbands of every civilian <laughs> thing so he bought one for the Bronco he bought one for the Vulcan he bought one for uh, <laughs> oh. I think I think there was like a JP stand there for like gotta, a JP gotta 5 gotta keep them alive yeah. gotta keep them <laughs> flying he was like oh my god well we can't let that happen can we <laughs> Um, oh, so yeah, so so he he in, in enjoyed the event, but he hasn't really sort of thought about going back because I think it was um it was it was just too much heavy metal for mm. it to be you know a thing, and I've always thought um uh you know with my 
girlfriends or whatever that I've had over the years, I'd all, I'd sooner take them to a seaside show where I've either seen everything that's going to be there or, you know, I'm not that bothered about photography or anything. I can just go and sit there. We can just have a nice day and watch planes. And if they mm. want to go and go on some rides or go in the penny machines, get some candy floss, absolutely fine. I'm not that bothered. Whereas at Riyadh, obviously, I'm there. That I mean, Riyadh's for me. Um, and I'd be a little bit like, oh, God, if someone wanted to say, oh, look, now I want to go around the static, but then there's something, you know, like the MiG-21 or something, I'd be like, well, can we wait and see that? Because then I'd start yeah. imposing... Um, so mm-hmm. it depends on who it is and it depends on the show you take them to. I wouldn't want to take a girlfriend, um, a, a new girlfriend or, or whatever, to react as the first air show because then that's what they think in their head all air shows would be like. And the, and the, the thing with react is it... You, uh, when you're obviously you, you love it when you're enthusiastic you don't realize how long a day it is yeah and, and and that's just one day as well maybe one day is fine as like a visceral experience but doing like the full five day you know like if you do free which is what what i do maybe camp the night before as well you know so you're there ready in the morning like that's a hell and it, it knackers you you know by monday i'm mm. i'm shagged and that's like the, the thing i look forward to probably the most in the year you know, even mm. with all of that enthusiasm, mm. I'm absolutely knackered. So if someone's there through all of that who might not want to be there, I could completely understand how they just get a really bad taste in the mouth of that event, and then they probably think, oh, I mean, that's what all air shows are like, which they're not. Um, that's what yeah. I'd be keen to, keen to do. I mean, mm. I, I remember 2013, Riyadh, my, my dad's... So my first Riyadh slash first air show was 2011, my dad came with me the next year and that was just uh, just on the Saturday and then 2013 my dad came and he also brought my sister and I just remember so my dad I, I wouldn't actually class in the sort of what we've been talking about because he's he is interested in planes not anything like me of course but I've, yeah I've met your dad at Riyadh a couple of times yeah, you, yeah. I've, you've, you've all I think everyone's met him by now um, because he has come to Riyadh every year Um but he's always been interested in planes. Like he's always had an interest in aviation and, and found it fascinating. And, and he, he, in the same way, he, I think he finds pretty much all of that sort of mechanical engineering mm. technology very interesting. Mm. But my sister has zero interest in it. <laughs> and she came along, and I remember it was before the A380 did its bit, maybe or just after. But I just remember she, she just said she was so bored. Wow, because because we've been sat in the grandstand, um, and my dad when he comes to Riyadh and he gets we both get free at, um, and he will happily just sit in the grandstand for the entire flying display, occasionally having a snooze, sometimes mm. taking pictures, but he'll happily just sit there watching it pretty much most of the day, and having a mosey around the static at the beginning and end. But I just remember my, I bring it up because you mentioned Riyadh by the end of that she was so bored and because it is such a long flying display yeah. it is very long and ultimately if you don't have an interest in it it's all literally just the same yeah and as as you said you well you know you, you think that year whichever year it was when there were four typhoon displays it was cool to see but if, if you're not interested in it you've literally just seen the same thing four times you would be you would lose interest so quickly and then you'd be exhausted and so bored by the end. And particularly if you're not used to that noise, the noise itself can be tiring, you know, the jet noise. 
which to, and it's a long airfield. Be, it's two miles long or whatever it is. But, yeah, which to be fair to Riyadh is why you know the the ground stuff is so important. I appreciate you say Grace wasn't interested in static aircraft, but it does make a difference to have crews out mm. who can say um, you know, and it's like it's, the Americans say what you like about them. They're always really enthusiastic. Like yeah, come on, yeah. come in our tanker or whatever. Or, you know, a, a big long queue for the Osprey or something. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you, you know. Um, people that I've taken to air shows they've seen stuff and they've gone oh that's like um, that thing in Transformers or something you know they, they, there's some pass it, you know, or I I said Blackhawk from like Blackhawk Down it, it was a pay for but you know they they wouldn't know and, and they just go oh yeah yeah great cool and um, so it's so important they have that ground stuff and then that's that's just the planes notwithstanding all those mm. villages that they have the the mm. technical zones I mean obviously as enthusiasts we don't like them um, well, it's not that we don't like them. We, we we've not got much interest. It's in just them. not. It's not what we're there for. But um, no. plenty of other people do, and clearly they do. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have bought it back um, yeah. each year. So um, you know, you, and you, you've got to tolerate that a little bit. Um, you you say how important it is. Uh, I think the best example I can give to that is so one year. So after the first, in fact, after we did Wellington, um, I Grace has done a couple, quite a few reacts with me, and it's the reason. This is part of the reason why I've not done free out up until 2019. Was I? I always said to Grace because I knew two days of free out for Grace just would be a she wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so we've always said what we do is we do a day of free out for me, and then we do something we both enjoy. Like one year we went to Oxford. I went. We went punting down the river in Oxford and stuff because mm, it's something she nice. enjoy. Uh, but we actually took. Um, so me, Grace, Grace's dad, Nick, and Grace's little sister, Martha, who at the time was 10, 11, something like that. Anyway, we ended up taking her to the techno zone, which I wasn't interested. I think I ended up sloping off and buying some tat instead. Um, but she was so, um, it was the Red Arrows hawk that they bring along that you can sit in and uh, you talk to some of the blues and stuff like that. And she was so invested in it. Um, she bought a pink Red Arrows hoodie. She bought all the... She bought flags. She bought all sorts. And it was it, it was so, you know, amazing to her that she actually ended up joining the Air Cadets because oh, nice. she found it so oh, interesting. Wow. And she's still part of the Air Cadets now. And she keeps... I, whether she'll actually want to do it or not but she wants to join the Royal Air Force now so the techno zone had such a big impact on her it's sort of semi-influenced her potential like what she wants to do in the future which I thought was quite nice and it's a way that I've never ever looked at an air show and that I, I mean I that's probably the point people... as well isn't it yeah sorry Sam. Well, I was going to say I, I do think people underestimate how much recruitment comes about from getting people at shows because nothing gets your interest like with museums nothing gets your interest as a physical object in front of you seeing you know experiencing something with your own senses rather than just reading about it or seeing an ad or whatever well I I, I would imagine that all of us enthusiasts alright we've um, most of us have taken different paths which is why we're enthusiasts and not serving but most of us have been bitten by the same bug that's out to bite youngsters when you go to air shows i mean for me um mum and dad took me to cosford in the in the 90s when i was you know um knee height to a grasshopper and i saw all the shawbury helicopters flying around and that you know that 
turn something on that you just can't turn off and, and then that's the hobby mm. um, so <clears throat> alright I didn't take a career in the armed forces or the Royal Air Force but obviously I've become an enthusiast because I've been bitten by that same bug that they're seeking to to, to, to you know to recruit these kids um, so do you I, know when I was going into <laughs> I actually wanted to go into the army when I was, when I was in uni I wanted to go into the army I, I was Everyone's like, you love planes. When you went to the airport, like, I don't think I could work around planes and, and be happy that I wasn't flying. <laughs> and in hindsight, what a, what a moron. Um, but but so obviously we've just talked about Ria, and I do completely agree. Ria is not the place to take someone to their first air show because it's it's intense. It's it's an intense experience, a day out. But going to say, you know, go, there's there's a whole scale, and looking at someone down the other end, for example, Shuttleworth, which is obviously you know. UCAS favourite. Um, I think that's the perfect place to take people because it's such an easy day out. It's such an easy way to enjoy the flying. You know, I I've been and I've taken my mum and my nan, and they loved it because it's, you don't have to sit there and know everything that's going on. You just have to. You just need to enjoy the flying. You just and they did the recognise something. They recognised Sally B, mm. and, and and they've been to to Duxford as well. And it's the same story. You know, they recognised some of the planes. You know, when it was Spitfire went up, they were like, "Oh, well, that was that was Nanny Vera's favourite." Nanny Vera, my my great grandmother, so my mm. nan's mum. Oh, that was Nanny Vera's favourite, and um, you know, they some of the planes are very recognisable, some aren't, mm. but it doesn't matter. And something like Shuttleworth, you can put your picnic blanket out and sit back and you know, sitting on the grass, and that is a completely different experience. And that is so much easier, I think, and you don't have to walk for miles and. Mm. Mm. I follow my dad's advice when I say that thing about you know, Riyadh's quite an intense show to take someone for the first time when you're not sure whether they're even into the thing at all. And dad's advice was that um, he said, because um, dad, my dad's really into football, and um, he said he took my mum to her first proper football match, and it was like, I think it was like Shrewsbury Town away at Grimsby or something so it was like halfway across the country it was a Sweet rainy, Jesus. it was a rainy Tuesday night it was you know and, and yeah, so they got back at like three in the morning and they both had like work the next, it was like whatever they were doing as teenagers you know jobs or whatever but they both had work the next morning and then he, he was like I regret not just taking her to like a cup final you know game or something getting like a really big game because yeah. now when he whenever he goes to football um I, you, know, you you know that that's that that sort of oh my god it's it was like uh, memories of Grimsby it's going through mum's mm. mind and then she's thinking oh god you're going to football uh, like that so <laughs> part of me is it, it's a self preservation thing that you don't want your other half or or whoever you know your friends to think um, if they come away from Riyadh with a bad taste in their mouth you say oh yeah I'm going to Riyadh they go oh god that thing again yeah um, yeah. So, whereas if you just say, "Oh, I go to an air show," you go, "Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, we went to an air show once. Yeah, it was really, really good." Um, we should have got Nigel on because obviously it'd be interesting to know um, about taking kids to air shows, you know, because yeah. that's that's an entirely different thing. Um, that'd be interesting because obviously, you know, kids get tired, they get distracted, they need you know stuff to stimulate them. It's difficult to just sit a kid down and say, "Like, watch for however long." Um, so yeah, would have been interesting. You ever taken people to museums? Yes. Again, girlfriends. I've seen some take a lot of girlfriends to a lot of things, um, which is not great. Yeah, I took a girlfriend to um, Costa Museum once, and her younger brother, her younger brother actually loved it, and so did she, actually. Um, 
she was really into like um, mechanical engineering and stuff. So um, okay, so you know, so there is all, already all a base stuff. level of interest. Yeah, which is why I, which is why I knew I probably wouldn't have been confident to take um, yeah. someone else. But um, yeah, I'm, I think I've taken a couple of friends to museums. But again, it's normally when they've expressed an interest because you know an air show is one thing, a museum. Um, if you're not into it, you, you, imagine going around like the pencil museum or a train museum. That'd be really interesting to some people who are really into pencils or trains. Um, mm. Not really for me. So I'd probably go, oh yeah, cool, like that. But I wouldn't give a, a, a day's leave for it, or you know. See, for what it's worth, I've I've taken mates to air shows as well, uh, to to museums as well, um, and never taken a girlfriend to a museum. But for what it's worth, I and I can only you know assume that they aren't just lying to me. But <laughs> people people have said that I've been very good at showing people these places because i'm and it's and same has gone with some air shows i've taken people to they've Mm. said that because i'm passionate about it and because i'm will stop at every single plane and explain why this aircraft is interesting Mm. and why there's something special about it or point something unique about it out that it that it makes it a lot easier to enjoy than if they were just walking around not having a clue what anything was and reading the placards yeah and reading the placards um, and you know, and I—that's I, uh, what they've said, and I, I hope that that is true because I wouldn't want them to, to be humouring me and to have not had a good time. You make nothing interesting, but, Sam. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's true. <laughs> but but, but the, the flip side is, I've been to with friends to do like their hobbies, and, and it is a joy being with someone who clearly loves, you know, what yeah. they're doing, and it's really mm, nice yeah. to just be a part of that, and it's nice to know that they get entertainment from explaining something to you. You know, Dan, if you took me to, to see motorsports or something, I would have a level of enjoyment knowing that you're having a, a whale of a time, A, being there, and B, explaining stuff to me. And that makes yeah. it better than if I was just there on my own. Um, Ooh, so yeah, have, that, having so. said what I said earlier, maybe I, I shortchanged you a bit, because I I should have said, when we were you know stood together and you were pointing out what, why literally every car that was going past had something interesting about it, um... You know stuff that I wouldn't have known otherwise, and I would never have cared to find out because I wouldn't have looked for it. But you have you make you know you were making everything going past interesting because there was something to learn about it, and that that is huge. That it plays a big part yeah. in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, on that, I mean, I could with regards to the motorsport stuff, I could. I think I was going to aid. I mean, even afterwards, I was looking at the cars, and then. <laughs> Give me that look, um, and I was like, "Oh, you know, this chassis was John Watson's race-winning chassis at the 1982 Detroit Grand Prix and stuff like that." And you know, I probably do waffle on like something rotten, but as long as a bit like what you just said, Sam, either people are humouring me or um, people find it genuinely interesting. I've mm. I've taken mates to museums actually. I've taken friends from flight school to the Fleet Air Museum, Museum um, and I took a, took a couple of Flybee colleagues to East Fortune. Um, so obviously already there's a, a foundation of interest because, you know, aviation. Um, but as I, pretend, I think mentioned before, particularly at Flybee, you'd be amazed how many people are pilots but 
not interested in aviation in the sense of how we us three are collectively interested in aviation so we were walking around and um you know i i was telling things about i, I mean I, I don't know as much about certain airframes as like what maybe sam or yourself tom um but they were like oh wow you know i never knew that like i think the best example was the vulcan at east fortune is the one that got impounded in brazil um after one of the uh, black book missions it's like oh the reason for the brazilian uh you know flag on the nose is blah 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 and they're like wow i didn't really know that and they, mm. one, both of them have got military background like my mate Lawrence used to work used to work at Bryce Norton. He was on Merlin's and on C seventeens and then my mate Ben was a civilian contractor at RAF Valley. But from a looking at air aviation hit military history, didn't know as much potentially than what I did. But they found it fascinating and I think they had a, a good day of it as well. So even those that are interested and part of the same sort of thing that i'm interested in didn't know or found out a lot more than you know it was just nice to talk to people that weren't were interested but not interested i've really waffled on a bit there oh i can't wait to go to the museum i know tell me about it um if i can offer just a little anecdote about a not taking anyone to anything but introducing the interest of planes to people who had absolutely no interest whatsoever um i've you both know about my trip to transnistria i think everyone who who knows me full stop has probably had about five or six hours of being subjected to being told about transnistria before um when i was there so that so this was a trip to this part of moldova for those listening who don't know uh trip to a part of moldova and i went on this group it was a group of about four people and it was a, a half a wine tasting tour through moldova for those who don't moldova is a really really good wine producing region that a lot of people don't really know about produces some beautiful wines i'm not really a wine person but it's really nice wine there and also this trip to transnistria which is this unrecognized uh i can't remember what the term is but it's like these these breakaway republics that are sort of time locks of the Soviet Union a little bit in as much as they're still trying to they, they, they broke they, they broke away when the Soviet Union collapsed and they've always maintained sort of this unrecognised um, sovereignty da, 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 da. and so it was going to see this place and going to see the Day of the Republic Day so they had a military parade da, 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 da. and in the capital city of Transnistria is called Tiraspol there's a monument to the to aviators there you know typical soviet style monument to the aviators and it was just a mig-19 on a um like on a plinth and i mentioned it to the the guide that we had there that i wanted to go and see it because you know i'm into aviation and i would like to go and just go and see this and get a couple of pictures of it and we went and the other people in my trip could not understand why i was interested in this plane on a you know <laughs> ugly concrete horrible sort of brutalist looking plinth and they could not understand why and I, there was no real explanation other than it's just a, a plane an old Russian plane that I want to see um, and I did not hear the end of it for the rest of the trip <laughs> they did not let, in a, in a good way like they were joking but yeah I showed them my nerdy side and 
got it thrown back in your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they threw it back in my face. <laughs> but um but I think in general people like people who are passionate about things. If you're passionate about something, people people will enjoy that even if it's not the subject itself that they enjoy. It, it it's a bit like when you walk around a foreign country, uh city, sorry, and I've done like tours and stuff and if the tour guide is not in doesn't sound interested in what they're develop delivering then you're inherently not yeah. interested yeah and i think that's the best analogy that i can use for what we've spoken about this evening yeah definitely you'll have to drop a photo of your uh terrace pole mig 19 and when we upload I can the do. well i mentioned it in the museum episode didn't i that i've got that that's one of the f photos that i've sent to the guy to um Get on. onto it. Um, so that's been another episode of the UK Air Show Review Podcast. Um, if you like what we listen to, if it's your first time listening or you haven't haven't got around to it yet, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at UK Air Show Review. Uh, our website is airshows.co.uk where you can read past reviews of air shows. We've got a few feature pieces on there as well. Um, and then we've got our, our vibrant and lively forums uh, <clears throat> attached to the website. <laughs> forums.airshows.co.uk uh, you can join up, get involved uh, obviously there's not so much going on at the moment but there's still a lot of discussion and there's some really good photo threads on there people are putting up old photos as well which are just a, a you know d delight to see a lot of the time um, thank you for listening and see you in another episode <laughs>